A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro, the Dead Pole Hitter, bringing you a main event fab recap. I will be joined by none other than Todd Whitestone from SP Streamer. He will be going over his main event recap article that you could find on spstreamer.com. Todd recaps the overall recent bids of the weekend. Um, and then he also dives into the overall main event standings on the NFBC. And we just go by and highlight the biggest ads of the week. Guys who added the most leagues, who have spent the most money on. Uh, fab money. And yeah, so we just go through that and talk about his article and some other things. So this will be a weekly thing every Monday or Tuesday recapping main event bidding for the free agencies. So um if you don't play in the main event, you might be asking what benefit this may have for you. But these are some really sharp leagues where the ads for leagues like this, they tend to be a, a week ahead of other leagues per se and the type of players and that are being added. So um, also to be indication of players that are getting dropped too, you can kind of see trends of uh, what some sharp players think about. You know, players that you may be on the fence about. So, it's really good. All the um, information for the player movement is available on the NFC site. Where you can view um, basically any league you want. Any format. You can view the online championships. You can view um, main event. Um, and it's pretty useful. It can help you, um, you know, just get a deeper understanding of the type of players that will be picking picked up across many leagues um all at once so um you can check that out but i think it drops down into other leagues i think it plays into just having a general understanding of the market trend for um players that are um coming up that you just may not have a full understanding about and um yeah i think it's very helpful to any type of league you may play in so um, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it, and um, maybe in future weeks I might cover some online championships as well, but um, right now it's going to be main event focused, but again, it can drop down and help you in whatever league format you play. So here is um, our first episode of the season for a fab main event. All right, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro. You can find me on Twitter at Dead Pull Hitter. I'm here today back with the fab review with mr todd whitestone he of the sp streamer fame um todd thank you for coming back this year and joining me on this adventure again and um welcome back and what's up rob thanks for having me i was out in las vegas unfortunately you couldn't make it but uh everybody came up to me and said oh yeah you're on the uh, the pull hitter podcast with rob di pietro 
<laughs> he's good. <laughs> and they would kept saying, he's great. And I was like, yeah, and and, what about, and and they were like, no, Rob is really good. He's really, they were like really giving you compliments. And I was like, I couldn't, even though I was kept fishing, I was not getting, uh, you know, well, Todd, you're really good also. So I just, <laughs> I just, I just want, I want you to know, you get a lot of fans out there. So hopefully you can go next year and then you can just get the accolades directly. <laughs> I appreciate that, Todd. They, <laughs> they should definitely be throwing you accolades too. You do much more work with the uh, with the main uh, uh, at the main event stuff than I do because you do the article on SP Streamer every Monday. For everyone listening, can find that on spstreamer.com. Todd writes a great recap of main event winning bids um, from the week. He also gives a breakdown of the standings, the overall standings. Take a look at the individual leagues, who's in the top three in each league. It was a really awesome article last year. Just to touch up on everything I, uh, you know, raved about it of last year. It was a cool little breakdown. Got me more um, diving into things, paying paying more attention to leagues and to the players itself. And yeah, it, it would have been great to put, uh, you know, to meet everyone that we're constantly talking about and um, talking to on the regular that we've made friends with, or, you know, just speaking to on Twitter or whatever. It's, 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 um, and I was, I was feeling it. I was definitely feeling the love from people texting me saying, you know, you're on everyone's uh, tongue or out here, you know, everyone wishes you were here, but it was, and then it was just, uh, it was tough. It was tough listening, you know, and, and seeing all the pictures on Twitter. I was like, ah, man, that stinks. But there's going to be next year and uh, yep. there'll be there'll be many more drafts. But um, yeah, so we're back doing this. Um, we uh, didn't do the short week last week. Um, uh, obviously, no. last week's fab was not for all the teams involved that that are in the main event now. Um, right. It was only X amount of leagues that were eligible to do the fab. Um, there's 47 leagues this year, right? 705 yep. teams up from the 43 leagues last year, right? That's right. That's right. Um, oh, and sorry to interrupt that, but Garrett Whitlock is back out yep. for the ninth. He's coming going- in four innings save, Todd, right? Is this if what this is? It, he's, he's in line for the save. That's uh, pretty amazing. I, I don't know the last time there's been a four inning save. Oh, man. I mean, he's been real efficient. He came back out with 27 pitches in the three innings. Um, so this could be interesting. I mean, I know they mentioned piggybacking Hill with Whitlock, but also um, I wonder if this is something they were thinking about doing or it was because he was so efficient that they let him throw out some more pitches. But yeah, either way, sure. I hope it sparks a whole new thinking about if other teams are going to try this and get everyone scrambling around even more in fab just more than normal right because that would be that would be totally cool and that would be totally fun but um yeah so um yeah so like i mentioned we didn't do last week it was only x amount of teams but we're back in it this week second week of fab um so let, let's uh let's start with the article talk about sure. um you know some of the uh interesting things you found um obviously the standing stuff you know it's still very early i am and completely just like ready to look for a new hobby with my standings <laughs> i'm looking at the standings and i'm like i know rob it doesn't mean much but it's still you know you still four days buddy it's four days i don't I think know tough on myself todd i know so. i know you are you are but uh I still enjoy putting out the standings on this article, but, you know, I mean, four days, I don't think there's anything to go on, really. Um, But uh, I did find it interesting 
that there were a few uh, big names still up at the top in several leagues, you know, like Rob Silver and a few, uh, Brian Slack is up there again. And, you know, there's just uh, some guys that I feel like have a lot of staying power even still. But um, but I, I wouldn't spend too much time on the standings. The, the interesting thing is the fab period, which as you and I were discussing, was much less active than the same period last year because uh, there were there seemed like there was less targets, fewer targets to really go after. Josh Lowe was a big target. Um, Joanne Duran, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, Duran, I think is the right way. Um, he was a big target uh, in terms of number of leagues. So, uh, but, but compared to last year, there just wasn't the big attractive uh, free agents that there were and the spending reflected that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm, I saw that um, from last year, the average amount that um, the main event team spent was um, 87, almost $87 last year per team. This year was down into that $51 range, but still just right. a massive right. amount of, um, it was last year there was um, 1,093 number of winning bids this year, uh, 1,035. So only, you know, uh, 60, almost 60 bids, but the the total amount of money was was in the 15,000. Um, so it's pretty interesting, pretty, pretty yeah, drastic yeah, yeah. difference. So I pulled up my sheet from last year. I, you know, I copy and paste the, the ads and the drops of the main event in, into a little tab with the dates on it. And last year, again, we had a little first mini week of fab for not all the main event teams on March 28th of last year. And then April 4th was the first big week with all teams available. And if we could take everyone back to a quick journey of who led those ads was um, Julian Merriweather and Chris Devensky. <laughs> it's right. amazing how much changes in a year because you're like, why did people bid on Chris Devensky? But they they were picked up in um, all 43 leagues last year. And that right. Um, right. obviously uh, Merriweather was huge um, getting picked up for as much as 576 and um, um, average bid of 350. Uh, right. that, was, that was the big end. But Devensky had some high bids too. And he looked for the moment. He looked like a, maybe the closer for Houston. Right. Um, but uh, no, I, that it, there wasn't the big targets this time. I mean, even the Minnesota uh, bullpen situation, there were so many different targets. It really argued against betting, bidding a lot, you know. Right. And by the way, right. Whitlock Whitlock completed the game. Whitlock gets the save, four innings, no earned runs. Um, so that's a that's a big deal as they beat the Tigers five to three, I think was the final. What a beautiful line. Four innings, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Uh, I think it's going to be in for a dynamite year. Um, yeah, yeah. I got, I, I got him on a, uh, three teams, I think. So that'll be great for. Also to see him uh, be that efficient. Um, he ended up throwing uh, 39 total pitches in four innings. I mean, if you could start a game off like that too, and and and, yeah. and make it to the fifth or sixth inning um, too, if they so this might open up a, a whole bunch of things for him. But um, yeah, so um, before we turn our attention to the Minnesota Twin 
closer conundrum. Um, yeah, so last year, it's it's a, it, it's an interesting mix of names. Merriweather, Davinsky, you got C- Cesar Valdez. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that was, you know, that, that will always ring true in my head, too, because I drafted him in our main event, I remember, in New York. And I, I dropped him. I, I yeah, story, yeah, yeah. And I, and he, oh man, he made me chase saves the rest of the year. But we also have Yerman Mercedes, Wade Davis, Kyle Isbell, Estubo Cabrera, Sergio Romo, Jake Diekman. He just seems to always be in the heavy running in these early weeks right. Um, right. of the season. But pretty interesting. Uh, you also see Tanner Houck and Kevin Ginkle there. Obviously, we saw the um, everybody kind of trying to push in for who is going to get the Arizona Diamondback. Uh, closer situation we'll have some running themes like that this year too right i'm sure we're going to be yeah every week we'll be talking about it again just one team and uh so this this first um week was like you mentioned the minnesota twins joan duran um tyler duffy you saw some uh jorge alcala and emilio pagan um they're all uh, I think going to be in the mix for it. Duran, obviously the skills look phenomenal. Um, our, our hall of fame um, league mate, Mark Zuebro, uh, he He's very, he's been very um, adamant out there that he just added the 2019 version of Liam Hendricks um, said, even though that the, you know, might be looking at a, you know, everyone's worried about the, the Rays, uh, Rocco Baldelli going to Ray between all the coaches they have from the Rays and the pitching staff to uh, the coaching staff. But he thinks it's an opportunity to buy. Um, it very well may be the case that the skills are through the roof. Um, sure. We just don't sure. know how they're going to deploy these guys. But um, yeah, he, he was bid on for as high as 141. He went in 39 of the leagues of mm-hmm. the 47 leagues uh, for a median winning bid of 42 bucks. Um, so that kind of range you needed to be in to, you know, to um, maybe get his, uh, his services. Um, did you get any Duran this week? I did not. I bid on him. I didn't bid enough uh, to get him, Rob, but I How do much think did you bid? I was generally in the uh, $20 vicinity. Okay. Because I was just so unsure about the saves. But I do agree with uh, you and, and, and Mark Srebro that I think he's going to be a high leverage guy. He can get you wins. He could get a few saves. And I think he could have a lot of value. So I'm not against that at all. He's, you know, and he may work his way into being the closer maybe in the second half. But I just think Baldelli likes to mix it up. And uh, I, do, I do believe that they're not going to go with one guy in the next, say, month or month and a half. Right. Right. And you can see the same uh, thing with Tyler Duffy um, picked up yeah. in 37 leagues with a similar median bid of 43 bucks, um, high of 160. And then Alcala, um, um, again, picked up not in as many leagues. I think he was rostered um, in some as well, but he mm-hmm. went for as high as 156 with uh, a median winning bid of 27. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because, a lot of the drops were for one another. So some, some, <laughs> some of the players are making lateral moves, you know, from, yep. from Duffy, yep. from Pagan to Duffy or Alcala to Duran. Um, right, right, right. Interesting. Duffy, Duffy was actually dropped in one league um, uh-huh. for, uh-huh. 
the ran and uh that's 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 pretty interesting to see that yeah. move so obviously it's, it's gonna all be, it's gonna be a crapshoot i mean it, there i do believe that um alcala is not the number one option though because they, they had two chances to hold him off and they used him in the sixth or seventh inning twice once i know they were behind so it didn't seem like they were saying let's save alcala you know for late game situation right um so I, I would say he's not the initial guy. That doesn't mean he couldn't be it later. Um, uh, I would say if I had to bet, I would bet on Tyler Duffy for the early uh, closing options. And then I don't believe that's going to hold. I think somebody else's one or two of the others are going to mix in. Right. Yeah. I mean, and with Alcala too, his, his velocity has been down. Um a pretty big amount this year uh, during spring training and to start the season. So uh, I yeah. guess maybe that's the reason that they they're seeing that and they're keeping him in some lower leverage until he works through that. Um, but it's interesting to, to see that. I think, uh, let's see here. I just pulled up the Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard last year is four seamer was at 97, four this year, 94, one. Um, right. It's also losing some, some movement with it vertically. So, um, definitely interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I, I, they didn't get involved with this, with this group at all, really. Um, okay. I didn't, I stayed away completely from it. Um, I definitely didn't want Alcala, Duran. I, I just think he might be more of a headache to play every week than, but he, he, he's, he looks great. He looks like he looks the part up there. He, Sure, he, look, sure. he looks like he um, knows that he's going to get guys out and that's a big attitude to have. Uh, one thing I noticed with Tyler Duffy, um, Baseball Furies, our friend Mike Masato, uh, mm-hmm. been 139, 119, 99, and 99. So, again, with the early closers for MTM last year in our league, it was the Wade Davis for two-something, right. and he was up there on the list for the Vensky, too. Uh, this would be something interesting if I could, you know, look back and see if certain certain players have, like, consistent early bids with uh, – I think they do. With, I think they yeah. do. There's the, the guy, Eric Heberleg, who's in a tons of leagues and a couple of mine, and he always goes heavy early. Right. Uh, uh, you know, it's not just closers. He's just, you know, he's he's willing to bid four, four, five hundred bucks for the top guys in the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it can work because they can be up all year and help you all year. But um, it's not the way I try to do it. I, I'd rather have more money throughout the season. Right. I do too. I, I do too. I know in the, um, after the season ended, I had um, Andrew Geller, the guild on the pod and he, he's one, uh, he's um, very not afraid to throw in his money early. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously he's a fan of the having for more weeks of the season, you know, when you get your money um, for, you know, the best return on investment. And um, so, you know, it's interesting. Everyone likes to yeah. uh, play a different way. Um but uh, yeah, so that was the the um, the Minnesota closer situation. The next guy on the list who was not a <laughs> Minnesota closer was Jerkson Profar, added in thirty seven leagues for one hundred and twenty three bucks. Right. Um, this is uh, I like the first week he had. I mean, yep. it just seemed like a lot of the a lot of the bids for him was uh, a little bit overkill price wise. Um, yeah. You know, it's one of those paying for. I think you're paying. For the week one to that 
Um, but I guess the first base outfield helps. Yep, um, yes. You know, that definitely helps. Um, has he played every day? Let me look at this real quick. Just about, just about every day, I think. Yeah, and one day off. Been, he's always been talented, you know. And right. I think right. people always see that. And there is some opportunity in the outfield in San Diego. Right. But, uh, again, I, I'm with you. I wasn't going to bid as much as he generally went for. I did have him on some lists. But, you know, I feel like I feel like people have, you know, $1,000. We went over this last year. And uh, they feel like they've got a lot of money to throw around. And the better option is to is to wait and and not try to go too deep into your kitty mm-hmm. right away. Right. Well, he got two barrels this year, Todd, compared to eight all of last year. So he might be different. But, um, <laughs> you never know. But uh, okay, I'm, okay, I, I, think, yeah. I forget the stabilization rates for barrels. Uh, I think it's uh, like eighty balls in play, maybe or fifty right. balls in play, something at like that. But 50, at least 50. it's not close yet. But hey, you never know. I mean, if you don't act on it early, right? It, oh, right, I mean, right. That's the thing. That's the thing. But yeah, I'll, I think. Um, a little bit too much, but um, next guy we move on to Tony Santillan on the right. on on the Reds picked up in thirty six leagues for um, as much as seventy seven bucks median winning bid of twenty four. What are your thoughts on the Cincinnati Red bullpen? I know Lucas Sims is working his way back. I think he's got scheduled to throw pretty right. soon in a game in the minors. So um, just seeing how they mixed it up a lot last year. Yeah. Uh, again, I just. It seems like a headache type of, of, of bullpen. But yeah, a good it's, a, it's, it's, it's a good picture. It's a situation to avoid. I think, you know, Rob, I think you can have one of these players from Seattle, Cincinnati, Minnesota, and, and you can deploy them when you need a reliever. And maybe you get lucky with a save or maybe they sort of settle on one or two guys. But it's hard to really play in these bullpens too much. Santian, I was not in on at all because um, the way that first save came about, I don't know if you saw the game, but um, they were uh, up six to one and the Braves came, uh, came back uh, to score two while Santian was warming up. So he was going to come in with a five run lead and then he was all ready to go. So they brought him in anyway. Mm. I don't think, I don't think it was a matter of, Hey, it's a safe situation. Let's get Santian up. Um, so that was the reason I really didn't put him on a list. Um, you know, I think that they'd, even before Sims, I think they'd rather go a different direction. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I didn't know that about how he fell into that appearance. But, um, yeah, I mean, the uh, <laughs> funny story about Tony Santian, um, in I think while the season was still going on, the postseason, um, I did a draft champions uh, that Zach uh-huh. Waxman got started. And I, I partnered up with Steve Weimer, the uh, number two overall um, yeah, finisher great, for, great. for two out of the last three years. Yeah. He's awesome. And um, so <laughs> we were, I forgot what round in the forties and we were discussing some players and I threw out Tony Santion. I guess like, you know, I was like uh, at that point I was filtering like by last six weeks of, of skills you know, <laughs> for pitchers. And we're just looking for something, you know, for, yeah, sure. you know, I just, you're looking for usage and you're looking for some, like skill set that are popping out. And his name like came, we did a, a bunch of different filters and his name popped up and 
uh, I remember, ah, let's grab this guy. You know, we we're trying to debate whether he would have a role, you know, as that fifth starter per se. Um, uh-huh. If they didn't decide to call up the kid younger, like Green and Lodolo. So we ended up picking him. Um, and then when the baseball forecaster came out, he was um, in his um, box, in his player box, they had a, you know, they do up up or down on a lot of players. They'll, right. they'll pick, they'll pick um, either something they could hit uh, like a like a lofty achievement or something that they can go down to skills wise if they their skills regress a certain way and for Centeon they had an up 20 saves and I was like wow look at this you see this Steve you know and we was like we were basking in our you know round <laughs> round 44 possible sure, closer, sure. you know <laughs> and again the, the forecast that came out in December and then when he picked up the one last week we were just you know we're like oh my god too bad he's on the bench <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's but, happening uh, it's happening anyway. it's happening it's happening but he's on the bench damn it that's but funny, uh funny. yeah it should be interesting to see what the reds do you know because i think they'll continue just playing matchups and i do yeah. think that sims would be the guy if yeah. you know they had mentioned that santion might be like the of what antone was last year you know multi-inning type of high leverage but i do think sims is is gonna get the majority not all but you know, at least 50, 60 percent. Yeah, uh, he'll get more than the other guys. But I again, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to get 80 percent of the opportunities. Um, but I think he's the best bet. And I I think he's generally unavailable in certainly the main event. Um, and I think people are holding him for when he gets activated. And he, I think there was a note today that said he's a little bit ahead of schedule. and He might be back in the next couple of weeks. Oh, there we go. There, that's it. Yes. Yeah, probably good news for the red fans and um for anyone who's gonna hold him you know yep. until he gets back um, yep. next guy again anything else on Santiago? no nope. next guy on the list new york met robbie cano 31 league added um for as high as 67 bucks um median winning bid 19 bucks um yeah this is this is interesting to me because i do think he's he's, he's gonna be uh useful on some weeks i don't know this didn't seem like the week you know they're facing i think three lefties maybe it was mm-hmm. the he mm-hmm. might play in philly and that's a good park type of thing and he hasn't played every day either you know he played three out of five games so um because i think the mets kind of see that they want they have a lot of guys to try to get in to dh you know especially with some of the errors that alonzo made at first to cost them the game a couple oh, games ago i think they might want to use smith at first a little more and yeah, that's, that's I don't know, it, but Robbie again seems like more of a weekly streamer for a couple of bucks and get a good week out of him type of guy. But I don't know. Right. What do you think about Robinson Cano at this point? I mean, you're the Mets expert more than me, but I I would say that he he's not going to steal your bases. He's not going to hit for the power. Uh, he is maybe going to have a few weeks, like you said, of good playing time, mm-hmm. and he could he could give you his counting stats um in the right matchups but i i don't think he's a key guy for most rosters uh at this point in his career uh, i don't i don't think they're they'd be a, uh, they'd be against you know benching him for three four days at a time if they had somebody that was hot or something like that right i mean they have they have mcneil right who else uh, do they have they can sub in they got mcneil they got jd davis 
Um, as, as well, like I said, with trying to maybe get Alonzo in at the eight to get Smith in some time at first, as well as the outfield, giving Connor some days off from the outfield. Um, and, and, and obviously it all hinges on like, if Jeff McNeil starts like going back to his, his heavy contact, spray the ball ways, like he has so far to start the year and he's, he's hitting 300, you are probably not going to see him being subbed in as much, you know, subbed out as much. So. Uh, but it's good to have options. It's good to have hitting depth. Just didn't seem like the type of guy. Or, or, or maybe the logic is, you know, they, they didn't get tested in the offseason. So maybe he juiced up, catch a couple of good weeks of him, a couple of good months while before he gets really tested. And then, you know, <laughs> then you could drop him. Who knows? Maybe maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the, the route. But OK, let's move on to. Um, <laughs> Brad Keller, the next guy on your yeah. list, 27 league added, uh, you yeah. noted reason, impressive first start. It was 57 yeah. bucks for the highest winner, median winning bid of 17 bucks. How do you feel about Brad Keller this year, Todd? I think I feel the same that I've felt all along. I think he's capable <laughs> of surprising you every, you know, every once in a while. Um, he's not horrendous pitcher. He's a decent major league pitcher, but in terms of your fantasy leagues, I don't think he's a target. Maybe, uh, you know, when he's got a good matchup, you could roll him in there. But I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Brad Keller, and I don't think uh, most fantasy owners are either. <laughs> you know what? He, he, he definitely <laughs> seems like mostly the same guy. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, it could be – I think that um, I always thought he should he should have, you know, up up to four seam a little bit and get rid of the sinker because the sinker is where he's not really the best at, um, if I'm not mistaken. But he did switch it up a little bit. He threw the sinker nine percent less in this start than he did all of his last, you know, last year usage. So maybe that's more. But he didn't throw the four seam more. He threw the change up ten percent more. So if he goes to a different pitch mix, you could, you know, again, I think we're always looking for that. Is it below? Is it pitch mix? But mm-hmm. if he takes a pitch that wasn't really great and he throws it less could be something different that's what i said could be and and a half a mile an hour more you know it could be different but it's still it's still it's still on the border of probably not but um yeah yeah okay you're more optimistic than me about brad keller but listen i'm trying to find i'm trying to find the good in everything right now like i said my teams are not good um standings wise so i am okay, well don't for... don't try don't drop your sp1 for brad keller that's why oh no 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 i won't drop the sp1 all right let's move on to another one of my um favorites uh mr chad pinder uh, yes. he was scooped up in 25 leagues um for as high as 33 bucks median winning bid 12 bucks i love todd frazier i mean todd no, Ch- Chad, I don't know why I said Chad Pinder, Chad Pinder. Chad Pinder. Chad Pinder and Todd Frazier. It's not even the same first name. <laughs> uh, don't mind me. But um, uh, again, uh, he he he's a guy like I just wish they didn't mess with the playing time. Like just right, right. you don't need these random days off. Again, he started off three out of the first four games. You kind of want to see every day. I wish it was just every day. Um, showing that power that he has shown his whole career. Um but I think yeah. this was also a schedule thing too. The seven games, um, I think three, three games, the four game versus lefty. So I think, a, you know, a lot of the opportunity comes there as well, that he might have a so, somewhat of a full week. Well, you know, I think 
if you're going to have a guy uh, that you're gambling would get more playing time, I would say Oakland would be a good place to have him. Right. You know, so I think they could definitely use him, and he might end up being one of their better hitters. And I always liked his nickname, Swipe Right. You know, if you heard yes. that nickname? Yes. The old uh, Tinder, Swipe Right, uh, always loved that. But, yeah, I think he has power, and I don't think he's only a lefty killer kind of guy. I think he can play decently against right-handed pitching. And uh, I agree with you. If they would play him more often, I think they would get reasonably good results. And I added him in one league, and I think he's a great guy to have on the bench or cycle in, whatever you might need. Right. Right. Last year was nice too because they had that multi. He had the multi eligibility because of yeah. the short year. Um, this year doesn't have it, but don't know if he'll gain it because they got Kevin Smith playing third. Um, right. But right. yeah, now I like, uh, I'm a big Pinder fan. Uh, I'm a fan of the skills. I hope he gets some more opportunity. Um, I did have um, a couple conditionals for him, but they were kind of deep down because um, wasn't looking for uh, positional possible full-time guys at the moment you know um yeah but uh yeah what's interesting that just happened on tv is tyler stevenson threw out stephen kwan trying to steal second and then he threw out jose ramirez trying to steal second really that in the same inning okay okay anyway let's move on to hanzo robles picked up in 24 leagues for as high as 132 dollars which is insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of money for Hansel Robles. I liked yeah. him. I like him as a dark horse to be an option. They showed that they did last year. The Twins even get him some shots last year. We don't know what's happening with Barnes. Is he going to – was he hurt? Is he hurt? Is he going to keep pitching? Is he going to come back and be the closer? Are they going to move on from him? So a lot of, a lot of question marks. But I think you can – gamble on a question mark for a little cheaper than a lot sure. of these prices. There's a lot of the bids were, 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 you know, from 17 bucks down, a lot of eight. Right. And you got, you gotta, you gotta limit it if you can. And if you miss out on Hansel Robles, there's a guy similar in, in the following week to get. Um, but yeah, I do think he, could he possibly get saves in Boston? Sure. But I think it's sort of a, a shot in the dark type of thing. There's three or four other guys that at least that are competing with him. So right. yeah, I'm not a, I wasn't big on trying to add him and certainly wouldn't recommend a big dollar bid for him. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, next guy, Jose Siri picked up in 24 leagues noted yeah. by you as a stolen base threat for Houston. Yes. Um, went for as high as $88. Yes. Um, this one, uh, again, our median winning bid of 23 and a half bucks. He's played two out of the first four games. Only got two games on the Monday to Thursday slate this week. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those things I think like he leads off Sunday. People get excited. He's yeah. going to be their lead off hitter. I don't know because yeah, I, I just don't get this one either for that much. Well, I don't think he's going to be the lead off hitter. I mean, I think when, when you see a player steal two bases in one game and people might feel like they're light on stolen bases, Rob, I think that's going to lead to bigger bids. And he's, he's always had a sort of tantalizing uh, blend of athleticism and hit tool. Right. Um, but, but I don't think he's got a path to regular playing time right now. And 
unless something happens in uh, Houston's outfield. So I, I would say stash, if you got the room, fine, but certainly $88, again, that's almost 10% of a budget. I wouldn't recommend that yet unless you're really desperate for steals. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, not for not everyday playing time, you know. I think those uh, that's that that's really big. Um, uh, so, yeah, one more guy here uh, listed yeah. as uh, Daniel Lynch, two starter for KC, picked up in twenty three leagues, um, as high as fifty six bucks. I like this ad. Um, he he on the uh, on Rudy. Gambled Razball too for the week. He was the, like the 56th ranked picture, um, mm-hmm. which you know shows you know that it was a good bet to maybe use him for his two starts. Um, hopefully, you get some better results than his his fellow young pitchers on the Royals that had against the yeah. Indians. You know they they got shelved, but uh, yeah, this was an interesting ad because I think this has some staying power if he looks good. He showed some different things in the spring. And I think that at least with this kind of bid, you get the two start. And if he does better uh, than you expect, it's more than a um, a dump after the two starts. Yeah, you can you can maybe hold him. And well, James Anderson and I added added him in one league, and uh, we did not start him this week. We thought about it deeply, but we thought, you know, geez, early in the season, a lot of starters are going four innings. We're gonna just sort of put him on the bench. And like you said, maybe he's going to impress us and we'll want to start him in future weeks. But even though it was two, two starts and they're, they're pretty good ones. We thought let's, let's try to be a little careful early in the season. Yeah. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let's, let's talk about some of your, uh, the wow bit of the week and then the okay. century club, which was successful bids over, uh, 100 bucks. So talk to me yes. about the wow bid the of wow the week. Bid for, for those that uh, weren't listening last year is the biggest bid of the week in the main event. And that was unsurprisingly for Josh Lowe, who was uh, the big pickup and he was available in 19 leagues. And uh, this wow bid was $613, which is, which is a wow bid in my opinion, even for Josh Lowe, I think Lowe is very talented and I think he could carve out an everyday playing time, and he certainly can steal bases. But 613 is a lot. Um, the, the lowest winning bid was 221. So you had to sort of bring it in order to get his services. Right. But, uh, but 613 means you've only got 387 left for every other bid you make this year. So I, I would have been personally reluctant to go that high. Um, and then the Century Club is how many uh, players were added, um, excuse me, how many successful bids there were um, for different players over $100. And there were 19, uh, 19 of those. Um, and 25 uh, players had at least one winning bid over 200. So there's a chart in my article on spstreamer.com you can look at and see um, who was the who are the players that attracted 100 plus dollars and 200. Yeah, Josh Lowe, um, I knew I wasn't going to be anywhere near what uh, he was going to go for. I love Josh Lowe, the talent. I, and right. once he got some starts versus the lefties, I said, oh, this is going to be different. He's essentially replacing Meadows, like yep. straight up. Maybe even, I mean, even Meadows got sat for a lot of lefties, but he came right in, 
started right off the bat versus the lefty and, you know, definitely a 2020 skill set. Um, yep. I think the average is, you know, the only thing that you got to worry about, but yeah, no, really, really beautiful, like beautiful skill set. Um, yep. I, I, I lost some bids on him in my online championships, which are the, um, for anyone listening who does not familiar on the NFBC uh, 12 team, um, rather than 15 team leagues, like the main event, mm-hmm. uh, same thing, 30, 30, um, 30 man rosters, uh, same starting team. And I was in the 125 to 195 range right? on, on my three teams, different. And, and, and outfield was, is a strong part of my team too. So I feel like if that was a little bit more of a weakness, I probably would have boosted it up, but yeah. um, yeah. totally different from the main events. But yeah, I, what a, what a, that was fun t- taking a peek at his bids. Um, his median winning bid was 522. A lot of those was, um, I think, like you mentioned to um, Heberlig, right? Uh, yes, those he, were was, a lot he of, was one of the guys that went heavy. Uh, Dalton Del, Don had him on two teams for, for a 555. Um, even the runner up, the, the runner up um, median was 346. So that's just, uh, you know, right. everyone pushed their chips in for him. And, you know, if you get that 2020 season, it, it's going to be worth it. Sure. Sure. I mean, I think uh, it also depends on your team. Do you need stolen bases? I mean, I tried to draft stolen bases so that I wasn't desperate for that particular stat. But um, if somebody drafted a heavy power team and really was looking for that free agent opportunity, I think I can see going heavier in that case. Yep, absolutely. Um, Our next uh, highest winning bid was Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians, um, picked up in three leagues, um, winning uh, a median bid of 313 as high as 404, even the even the runner up was 219. Um, so, you know, he's batting, I think, what, 970? Uh, he's uh, I, just think, I think it actually is 692. It's amazing. He just can't get out. And, you know, um, the guy I, I actually traded for in a dynasty league because in the early off season, um, he was a guy getting mentioned for his finish in the minors right. and um, for what he was, you know, uh, showing um in terms of hit hit tool i remember james anderson mentioning him on his pod the guys at prospect live had mentioned him and came up on some of their uh tools that showed that you know he he was a real good hitter um yeah. so i wasn't gonna go that high for him though but he 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 looks fun he looks like uh just looks like a really good baseball player as well you know he just got yeah. the makeup you see him at the plate he just, he just looked he's ready you know he doesn't swing and miss. He, he really um, has great bat control. And I think, again, if your team is lacking batting average, I think he's a really prime target for that. Right. Um, I'm not sure he's a big power guy. Um, and I'm not 100% sure about the steals. I think he can add some, but I don't think he's going to be like Starling Marte or something like this. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I think um, most of the prospect guys assume he's going to be in that. 15 range at the max. Right. So, right. so a young Michael Brantley is exactly what it looks oh, yeah, like, you know? Yeah. Which is good. A, and that's a great, great comp and a great 
uh, get if you can have a young Michael Brantley. So right, absolutely certainly worth the money. I don't think six ninety two is in the cards for the full season, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe six twelve. Rob, what do you think? Six twelve. Right, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Did you see my tweet? I sent out a tweet uh, yesterday that I was listening to the Cleveland uh, radio broadcast, and he got another hit. It was a, it was a two run triple. And the, the announcer, I don't know his name, unfortunately, he's yelling into the mic, at this rate, they're going to put a statue of him in front of the field by Memorial Day. Right. That's so, unbelievable. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand being pretty excited about what he's doing. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, Stephen Kwan, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does for the rest of the year. Um, then. The next guy with the most winning bids over a hundred bucks after Josh Lowe is Daniel Bard. Twelve winning bids right. over a hundred bucks, add for as high as three hundred. Winning, uh, winning medium bid of one forty-two. Uh, the backup to get him was medium of ninety-three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, coach said he wanted the guy who be able to strike guys out to close the games. They went back to Bard. Um, this was a little bit of a, a complete miss on mine in draft champion season. Um, you know, I, I, I like to speculate all, all late on a lot of different closers and mm-hmm. I try to spread them out too in different teams. Just got to, you know, not um, if there's a guy I like, like uh, Hector Neris or someone that I'm, or a guy really late, you know, that you constantly wanted to get, it's fine in the 45th, 46th round, but I tried to spread it out a little bit this year and I got I got some Estevez but I didn't get any of Bard um just huge swing and miss for a draft champion season I'm not even trying to get him really late I mean he was basically going for free um and and I'm a big anti there's no pick free I think that's so overused in in fantasy podcasting it's it's like oh he's essentially free especially especially when they're talking about like pick 290 and it's like 290 that's, that's nothing free about 290 yeah um there's a cost in every pick but yeah so daniel bard back on the scene um got a save blew a save um this was interesting you know um i think he looked like a decent bit at at this cost because i think you're thinking about the threat isn't really good in column a or estevez but you know there is a chance that he stopped off like last year where he had it and then he couldn't keep it yeah i mean bard i think he has a chance to get more saves and this might be fantasy owners rob that are uh that that went and drafted alex column and are really worried about losing saves from the colorado bullpen but um I think I don't think he's going to be a great commodity to own in fantasy. It's easy to say that now, but um, I think it, it, it'll either be a split or, you know, Bard will uh, maybe not even factor in after the first month or so. I'm just not that optimistic about it. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, you just try to get as many saves as you can out of this. You know, sure, if, he, sure. if he could rack up eight or 10 with some clean appearances and, and then he, whatever, loses it, or maybe 15, uh, that would be that'd be really great. Um, what's a, a nice game on right now is uh, Matt Brash versus the Chicago White Sox. Uh, oh, yeah, getting his first yeah. look. Um, I have him in an OC, uh, two OCs 
and a couple of draft champions. And I was afraid to start him this week um, with yeah, the so one. Was I. So was right? I. You know, yeah, I, I played a little gun shy there because uh, especially because of the White Sox, um, right. you know, because I'm not afraid of, of, of I don't know, of having one one good game versus one questionable game. He's got pretty two pretty hard games in Houston and and the White Sox. But you know, at the same time, if he spins really good games versus both, it's gonna haunt me probably for a couple of weeks. But he <laughs> he just struck out Luis Robert on a pitch and I don't know, it was a, a knuckle curve or a slider and it was just it is filthy. This guy is yeah. filthy. Sorry for uh, this is a Matt Brash um, <laughs> in, interruption, but uh, yeah, I just couldn't help it. I have the game on in the background, and I just took a peek, and I just saw him. He, he throws some wicked pitches. He does. He does. I, I was just worried about how long they were going to let him go, you know, again, this early part of the season. But certainly I think he's he's got all the, the skills, all the talent. Right. And another early, early – early draft season shout out to James Anderson um, when he had Jeff Ponce on his pod from Baseball America. And they were talking about um, some, which I really love about James is that even though he's a prospect guy, number one, he's realistic about the prospect expectation in fantasy, you know, not in dynasty and redraft league. And on top of that, he really is a good player, and you, you know you could oh, yeah. you could trust all all the stuff coming from James. He's just really good, and they had a a a great pod. They're talking about first they were talking about you know because Jeff really specializes in the pitch shapes of, and he really well versed in that. So they were talking about that, and then it brought them to Matt Brash, who stood out on several metrics. In, in, in the minors um, that that measures pitch shape and the flatness right. of pitches, all that fancy right. stuff. And they were raving about Matt Brash and they both said that they wouldn't be surprised. Actually, they they pretty much guaranteed that he would be starting to start the season and they were right. And yep. that, you know, I didn't get, I think after that pod, he went from his, his ADP moved a lot. You know, there's yeah. there's certain pods that can have that impact. There's certain um, analysts that can have that impact of of, of changing NFBC ADP that quickly. Yeah. And I remember looking at him um, after that pod, and I'm like, oh, and I wrote him down. Like I forgot what it was at the time. I should have looked this up. But he he, you know, let's just say round thirty eight, and I wrote it down in my little you know round thirty eight grid, you know, and boom, you saw him round 31 or 32 and you're like, oh my God, you yeah. know, then you're like, oh, and, and, and then you're like, I got to sign up for another draft champion just so I could try to get him in that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. someone beats you there too because yeah, no. everyone's listening to James. There's, they, always, there's always a few guys, this is aside from Matt Brash, but I don't know if you, you, you've noticed this, where uh, every time you sort of miss on a guy and you say, okay, I'm going to aim for him earlier. And then you miss on him because he's even earlier than that. And you're right. sort of chasing the guy the whole oh, way man. and you never adjust all the way. There's a, there's a few players. I can't think of one this season right now, but um, I always have a few guys like that. that I say, now I'm definitely in the zone where I'm going to get him, and I don't get him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brash is, is good. I didn't start him this week. Uh, James Anderson, for those that don't know, is my main event partner. And he's an excellent prospect guy and a 
great player and um you know so he's yeah. he's on it he's on it and yeah that Seattle rotation Rob I think is in a couple of years is going to be dynamite um, right yeah it is and 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 um anyone who wants to follow his work, they can head over to rotowire.com. He yeah. does a fantastic top 400 uh, dynasty list. And yep. um, he was doing some podcasting early in the year with um, himself bringing on guests and then him and Clay Link do uh, a prospect pod. But I think Clay is not doing that he's right actually, now. Right? He's actually doing it by himself and bringing back, on yeah. guests. Yeah, back I think to it's being... every, every Wednesday. And if you want to follow him, it's at RealJRAnderson yep. uh, on Twitter. And so, I, I DM'd him when, when he was doing the ones where to start the season, when he was bringing guests on and I love his, I love his analysis analysis regardless, but um, when he is the host, um, I think he, he, I don't know, he's just really great at it. He's really yeah. good. And yeah. Um, yeah. So anyone who wants to head over and listen to James and follow James and listening to him on the podcast. He's really, really solid, really solid. Yeah, um, excellent, excellent uh, source of information. Absolutely. So um, let's see. Before we got Matt Brash sidelined, um, yes, we talked yes. about Daniel Bard. Is there any other guys? Uh, Kyle Wright, he's, uh, he's an interesting uh, topic, yeah. right? He was picked yeah. up in seven leagues, as high as 152, median um bid that was one was 117 so um yeah teams paid up for mr right it was the same thing yeah. in my online championship um definitely see something changing in him changed kind of the last at the end of last year in in, in the minors um and then when they brought him back up it, you see a little change in the pitch mix i noticed it more during the playoffs when they were talking about it on the telecast i think it was smoltz and then you know saris had tweeted it out the same thing that he looked like he was doing something different pitch mix wise on uh, and you know you see it in the numbers it, it looked like he's really solid i know our friend uh maddie modica is all in on the car right train this year as he mentioned on twitter um yep. yeah, what about right did you have any interest there in right i did and i didn't get him unfortunately but uh he had a great first start and sure he struggled last year, but he's a young pitcher. And uh, I certainly think he could be ready this year. And certainly I think he's in the rotation as long as he can pitch reasonably like he did in his first outing. So right. yeah. And he's pitching in front of a great team, a good, solid team is going to give him good offense. So yeah, Kyle Wright, definitely uh, I would endorse fully, even though I didn't get it myself. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we got to see a couple of other guys. I had a note here. Chris Paddock um, picked up for as much as 159. Um, only five leagues, but median winning bid of 59 bucks. Um, high backups to 44. And I, um, Eric Hosmer, form, his former teammate, as high as 132 and picked right. up in several leagues for at least 20 bucks. He He's um, interesting, too. He's, he came out um, hitting the ball pretty well. Um, again, you know, I guess that sneaky day off, I don't know if it's that, that beginning of the season thing where a lot of managers said they're just trying to get everyone involved early, you know, keep them loose. Um, but yeah. Um, did you have any interest in, in, in guys like Eric Hosmer or Paddock? I didn't, but, uh, I can see the attraction. I mean, Hosmer, I think people were worried that he wasn't going to play as much with Luke Voigt there, but I think he will get regular playing time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it just, again, I, I think we know who Eric Hosmer is. He's not all bad, but he's not, he's, I don't expect anything new and different out of him. Um, Paddock, maybe in the new environment, Rob, he's going to get a little uh, boost from a new coaching staff. Yep. I, think, I think he kind of needed a change from what he was doing. So um, I think they're both decent targets, especially in 15 team leagues. I mean, I don't know if you, did you get any, either of those guys in a fab run? No, I did not. Um, I had Hosma in as a cheap conditional, and then I actually took him off um, at oh. the last minute. Uh, I wasn't going to get him anyway for the price he went for, but um, one of those one of those moves I think I, I, I just sat down and, and looked at and at the last minute decided that it was just a move to make a move. You know, right, right. And I don't want to do too many of those. No, you don't want to do that unless there's a reason that you like the guy much better than fine. But yeah, that's the thing. He wasn't much better than what I had. Um, Again, I was looking for some. uh, I just want to make sure I'm picking up like if it's not a great, like a weak standout streamer, then it's got to be a guy. I think it's going to be full time and that I can keep all year. And he didn't fit those. So, right, Um, right couple of drops I, I, I had noted. Um, mm-hmm. One that makes me sad is Abram and Toro in 10 leagues. Uh, I had to drop him in my OC too. I, oh, man, I, had to, I was really excited about him this year. I still am his skill set, but, you know, Suarez put a dent in that. Um, yeah. Jordan Hicks was dropped in eight leagues. Uh, Carl mm-hmm. Santana was surprised, dropped in seven leagues. He had a seven-game week this week. Um Anyway, um, Rugnet Odor dropped in six leads. I'm wondering why he was on six in the first place. Uh, <laughs> and Jorge Lopez, he Jorge Lopez. possibly the new yeah. This could possibly be like the the Caesar Valdez of last year. Yeah, Don't drop Baltimore, those. Yeah. You're gonna be the Baltimore closer expert. Oh man, I don't want to be that expert. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I drafted Dylan Tate in one league, and uh, it doesn't look like he's gonna be getting any saves or many. Yeah. So. He's got some interesting stuff going with his pitches too. It, I don't know if he's just still warming up, but he was down a lot. And who knows if that always makes a difference and who knows what these pitches are really trying to do with their approach. But I don't know. It was pretty much down and below. And, but yeah, he was picked up and, and dropped in a lot of leagues. I picked up, I picked stuff up and put them down. That's what they, that's what everyone does with closers. Yeah, um, right, right, right. Exactly. Speculative closers. But uh, hopefully you're picking them up on the right week. That's the yeah. key. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the key. Um, Todd, are you doing anything different this year in, in whether it be like in season management um, or, or maybe different website you're trying out for anything? Or is, is there anything in your, approach your in-season daily management that you're like that that you're doing any different i would say the one thing is i think we were talking about this earlier uh is trying to deploy more relief pitchers in the first month or so because Mm -hmm. i just believe that the starters are going to go uh four innings more often than all of us would like and you're not going to get the the bump from the uh additional strikeouts that you're looking for and uh the relievers are generally safer in terms of era and whip right um so i i know it's hard we all want to roster starting pitchers and i'm the same way but i would like to deploy if i can get a good relief relievers on the bench even the 
non-closers, um, I would like to mix them in. And, and you and I were talking about benching Matt Brash and a couple of other starters early in the season. I think you're better off. I benched Luis Severino this week um, because he's facing the Blue Jays. Um, you know, and I just feel like I'd rather be, do that than uh, get the eight-run uh, game or or just the four-inning, you know, one run, which is a good start, but it doesn't really help you as much as you might think. Right. Absolutely right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're trying to find ways to deploy, uh, you know, a reliever who might not get you saves and it's not a lock for a win. Um, the guys at Reliever Recon do um, – really awesome work if if no one is is joined up for their patreon it's really fascinating they have a good discord that they answer questions for and mm -hmm. um they they have identified um what's called a froop a first reliever out of the bullpen out of the pen and it's a they acronymed it froop um it's handled by the bullpen guru as part of the group there but just really awesome guys they're really delicate dedicated to uh you know giving you the best updates and whatnot on um, yep. arm barn arm barn usage not bullpen arm barn usage um so uh if anyone wants to check out their stuff they they are pretty good it's well worth the, the three bucks i think it is per month uh, to to get their insights um but um yeah Todd, is there anything else Great. you want to hit before we do a no. quick would you would you rather because you oh, know this is oh, I'm this really is looking this, forward to that uh, yeah well yeah oh. I mean I, I mean Phil Phil t said make sure you you, you have to include <laughs> and, and you know maybe even a Todd father story because the Todd father story time was was also a big oh hit, yeah I didn't I know? didn't come prepared with the story but but uh, yeah lo love to get back to that and I will be doing. Uh, some of the regular features that I did in the article last year that we can go over, like the uh, four top ads from three weeks ago. Um, mm -hmm. I'd yes. like to com compare that, uh, how, how the general main event owners do compared to last year and see if the sort of uh, mediocre outcome from last year was, was an aberration or whether it was really, uh, that's really the way things are, which was about, you know, uh, only about one out of every four was really a good pickup. So let, are you going to change your threshold for what was good, bad, or, or only if oh, I'll listen to you, Rob, because I respect your judgment. If you think I was being too tough, but uh, <laughs> I think it would be cool to maybe get a, the one thing I was thinking in my head for, you know, it's obviously different for, for all the different positions that are out right. there. But the one thing I was thinking was maybe, um, maybe you can get a, uh, a projected like stat line for a batter that, um, the average, uh, stat line, let's just say for the average team for a week, let's just say right. 20 right. at bats, three runs or whatever the numbers are. Right. And, and, yeah. and just see if they can reach certain thresholds like that. Maybe that would be kind of cool or, or, you know, who knows, you know, I don't know if you could take the 80th percentile of saves last year per team and just, you know, break it down. Like if, if one team had three closers every week and just say, all right, you know, this, this week, if Daniel Bard hit his, you know, uh, 0. 0.7 save that he was supposed to have, boom, that was a win. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I was just uh, thinking in my head if, if, if you were good, cause yeah. you know, I know um, maybe we can get a, 
the 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 ut streamer to help with some of that stuff uh, josh you know i know he he's into his weekly projections and maybe he can establish something with uh you know okay. that, that that would be a good you know benchmark well, that's, that's interesting the only the only thing i would say to counter that is when people are adding like a tyler duffy in 37 leagues i don't think that they're thinking oh you know he's going to get 0.5 saves every week True. Okay. All right. So I, I think, I think the way I've evaluated, which I, I, again, I wasn't looking for Tyler Duffy to get eight saves in three weeks. I was looking for just reasonably good production that he's in the mix in order for it to be a good pickup. So, and I have uh, a better suggestion, maybe, maybe you contact everyone who picked them up and say, do you think this guy gave you a good week or a bad week? Well, well, if, if in three weeks, <laughs> If in three weeks he's dropped by 40% of the teams, then I think we know. It's a loss, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good enough. All right, good well, enough. You, you, when I review him, I would like your feedback on you. If you say, oh, you're being too tough, then well, I will try to adjust it. Then. Okay, all right. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes, Have you yes. ever been bitten by a human or attacked by an animal? If so, tell us how and why. Well, let's see. Attacked by an animal, I, I would say close because um, I, I w- was, it was a big runner back in the day. And I, there was one time when I was running near our home in, uh, in, in Northern Westchester and a dog came out and he, what, you know, n- normally dogs will bark at you if you're running, but this dog was going after me and he was baring his fangs and he w- looked like he was gonna bite me. And the only thing I did that was smart was I faced him. You know, if you, if you try to run away, then that's a good way to get bitten. So I faced him and just sort of backed up, but he was really, you know, an angry dog that was trying to, uh, trying to to go after me. So I was, I was quite scared at that moment, I have to say, but that was the closest I've ever come. Never had a grizzly bear or something else attack me. That's for sure. A human never bit you? Not even when you were a child? No? Okay. No, not that I recall. All right. Well, that's good then. And, And then, you know, Maybe this is stuff you have, you know, maybe it's still time for you to get bitten by a human. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All maybe, right. maybe next time I, I take snipe a guy in front of an angry owner. What's the <laughs> longest you've ever waited in line for something? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't remember uh, when, when the, the, Apple iPhone came out. I remember there were people standing in line for like 12 hours, but I didn't do it myself. Um, my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this question is about you. Not everybody you saw. Yeah, yeah. And my, <laughs> I can tell you, my, my son waited eight hours in line for the, uh, remember the Wii for, uh, was a, a sort of an Xbox uh, uh, game, game uh, console. But no, I don't remember. I don't remember uh, doing okay. that. All right. That, 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 that's fine. Not, not for any four or five hour plus stretch. Maybe I see I'm you like waiting, waiting for like, uh, you know, like a Woodstock, you know, to get into Woodstock or something like that, Todd. I know you're yeah, a big. I was, uh, I was a little young for that, but yes, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't. The wait second online. one. The second one. All right. I know you're not that old. What was the second Woodstock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're not oh, yeah. that old. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, I don't even remember. When was the second Woodstock? 90-something? Oh, okay. I, I definitely could have gone. I could have gone. You could have gone. You could have gone. Yeah, I could have gone. 
All right, Todd. Uh, before we get out of here, tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and exactly where yeah. they can find your articles. So thank you, Rob. So it's at Telstar7 on Twitter. Uh, happy to have uh, uh, people reach out to me on that. Uh, I write my articles on spstreamer.com. I usually come out every Monday and they're an update on the main event. And, the, and again, the reason I'm doing it is because uh, there's a lot of articles on players and, and different types of analyses, but not so many articles on contests. And so this one is written from the angle of the contest and Rob and I are in the contest and uh, a lot of other really top players. So if you get a sense of this contest, the theory goes, you'll be a better player by just being up to date on what they're doing. So I try to follow who's leading on the overall, on the different leagues. And it's kind of fun for all of us to just follow along. It's a great ride. And I'm hoping we have an excellent season, Rob. I'm hoping, you know, you uh, are up near the top as well. And, you know, we can uh, actually, you know, I wouldn't mind if Phil DeSault actually didn't win the whole thing, uh, you know, or (laughs) run away with (laughs) <laughs> but I have a feeling he's going to make me, make me look bad again. So uh, one of my headings, well, you didn't mention this, but one of my headings in the article was Phil DeSault fails to lead main event. And uh, I just was trying to get see if I could get him uh, irritated at all, but it's hard to do. But um, anyway, so I uh, look forward to writing them and hopefully our conversations every Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I, I, I really do. Yes, I, I know sometimes we did them on Monday, sometimes we did it on Tuesday. Uh, but, you know, definitely, uh, we're definitely going to be doing it one of those two days. And uh, I think I'm going to be doing a Thursday, a consistent Thursday pod great, great. as well this year, which will be a look into the schedule for Friday and um, Friday through Sunday for, for batters on the NFBC second half lineup change and just uh-huh. try to identify, I'm going to be bringing on a guest. Um, it'll be a mixed guest every week and right. we'll talk about, you know, um, trends to watch out for, for those, for setting those lineups as well as, uh, you know, um, anything else, uh, the yeah, double sure. starts for the next week or, you know, play uh, guys that were in on or out on, but uh, this should be, we're going to hit, I think, uh, yeah, next week, not next week, but in two days, I'll be doing it with Ryan Roof from Roto World. Oh, he's um, good. He's good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next week, I think you'll ha- we'll have your boss on, Mr. Simeone, um, coming on and uh, discussing some things. So that's that. That's the plan here, Todd. So okay, um, good, yeah, good. cool. Where make, sure, uh, make sure to uh, give give me a compliment when Michael's on the show. So I I, I want to be held in high esteem by Mike. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Todd. Okay, Great buddy. Good one. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, bye. All righty, folks. That concludes this episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. If you like what you listen to at the Poor Hitter Podcast, um, please do um, a great service and um, rate or review the show. You know, say a few kind words or, um, you know, that would be great. You'll just leave a couple stars, five stars, preferably. But, um, yeah. Uh, appreciate everyone who tunes in and to every episode and we'll be you know getting a little more consistent during the season with a uh, probably twice twice a week kind of schedule once to recap the main event bids and one to look ahead to friday to sunday schedule so if you play into um, a fab league on fan tracks or cbs or daily leagues or if you play NFBC League where you're going to be setting your lineup from Friday to Sunday, make sure to check in. We'll, um, I'll bring on a guest and we'll highlight some of the guys that 
might be having a good week, a bad week, good matchups, um, you know, platoon splits to stay away from. Um, it'll be geared for, like I said, Friday to Sunday, setting lineups. Um, it'll be very helpful for draft champions um, leagues. If anyone plays in draft and hold and, um, you know, can't make fab, we'll be highlighting some players that you might have on your rosters um, that you're kind of counting on maybe to uh, get a get a start in for the outfield or middle middle infield, whatever, we'll be um, sure to take a look at that and, um, you know, try to give you the best way to maximize either plate appearances or specific categories. So um, with that being said, thank you for listening and um, don't be that bag of shit. Okay, bye.